This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to a double feature coming to you from the tea rooms of the SPH Pleasure Dome. I'm Ernest Lewis, which means the man opposite me is Jonathan Roberts. Hello there. Hello, dear. You're going to hello, dear me. <laughs> to the nation, you're going to say hello, dear. Sure. Okay, fine. <laughs> anyway, this week, we are looking at Halloween, the movie. Um, JB, what is this about? Well, actually, it's the latest installment in a 40-year franchise. It's seen umpteen sequels and a few reboots, too, except it isn't. The difference to this film, it's a sequel to Halloween 1978. So, Halloween the 2018, original. the yep. original, directed by John Carpenter. This jettisons all sequels, all reboots, all everything. This is a direct sequel to the 1978 original. So, forget everything you've seen in between. Yes. Okay. Halloween, essentially part two. Mm-hmm. Again. So before we get into what you thought of it, um, what about the plot? Well, cue the music. After 40 years since his murder spree brought a brand new definition to Asylum Patente, William Shadamass Michael Myers has his murderous intentions reinvigorated by some hapless podcast makers. Never trust the podcast makers. Meanwhile, the four-decade anniversary has reinvigorated a re- fear of reprisal in surviving victim Laurie Strode. She's insistent, almost hoping that Myers returns in order to make sure that he never kills again. Which would be great if she wasn't now seen as a mad recluse and her family are so over the fact that she was almost murdered, like, give over already. But then, Michael gets out. So tell me, JB, what did you like about it? What I really like about it is that none of this should work. This is a weird premise of a film it's the umpteenth installment in something and it's the umpth reboot you know this this franchise should be dead and buried but Mm. it's brought to life and add to that that it's by the guy behind lame stoner comedies like your highness and pineapple express (laughs) he's called david gordon green he's moved into more serious stuff recently like did you see stronger last year the boston bombing uh, uh, no, maybe? I haven't got to okay, see so that yet. Yeah, pretty good as well. Also, comedian Danny McBride, who you may know from Eastbound and Down, mm-hmm. which is also directed by Green, uh, is a co-writer in it. Yet, this is so good. This is such a surprise. It's brilliant in parts. Wow. I really liked it. I'm not a huge fan of slasher films. I'm aware of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halloween is, of course, the granddaddy of slasher films. What Halloween did was provide the launch pad for things like Friday the 13th, so, yeah. and it's multiple sequels. Nightmare on Elm Street, again, multiple sequels. Any slasher of the 80s mm. was born from the premise of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's smart. It's funny. Well, it's funny when it needs to be. It's not a comedy all the way through. Okay. And it brings the horror, but in a really striking way. The first word that struck me coming out of this film was beautiful. Hmm. And which is unusual for a horror film. I mean, maybe the kind of Dario Argento films of the seventies, but there's so much beauty in this film. It's beautifully shot, even when it's gore. One guy's head gets turned into a jack o' lantern, but the way it's done is beautifully shot. There is a a mesmerizing shot where the killer Michael Myers, who of course wears this characteristic mask, is actually a William Shatner Halloween mask mm-hmm. turned inside out and painted white. Okay. The the way he peers into a victim's window and his fa- his reflection just gradually comes into view. 
Fantastic. Oh, no. Okay. I mean, Sounds good. with that, there yeah. are notes from the original film. In the original film, the genius of what Halloween did, and John Carpenter, who is a producer, yes. in a producer role on this as well. So he created, directed, wrote the theme tune for the original Halloween, and we'll get to the theme tune later. Okay. What he did was not just make it about dark nighttime thrills and scares. He had Michael Myers appear in broad daylight in suburban America. And there were iconic shots where he's just stood on the sidewalk, just coming out of the bushes. And it's that kind of sinister appearance. Mm -hmm. It's just that much out of the ordinary that makes it so chilling. Mm. And that is what appears in this as well. So it's part tribute act, but at the same time, it also builds and brings its own elements in. And it's perfectly done. It's, it's, this is one of my favorite films of the year. Okay. What about the soundtrack you were telling us about? Well, John Carpenter yeah, Je- John Carpenter yeah. is famous for doing his soundtracks and he's inspired many soundtrack makers. Okay. I interviewed Hans Zimmer uh, quite a few years ago and I asked him, well, you know, what, is it, what is his favorite soundtrack? His favorite track from a soundtrack is the theme from Assault on Precinct 13, which is also a John Carpenter thing. So Assault on Precinct 13 and particularly Halloween, it has this ticking, well, let's just play a quick segment of it so you know what it is. It's iconic, it's chilling. The ticking element brings a sense of tension to the entire proceedings. Now, John Carpenter's son, Cody, has embellished on this soundtrack and brought in more modern elements and brought a real new sense of horror to it. And how is Carpenter on board in this movie? He is seems to be in a more advisory role. He seems to be g- very generously allowed a rewrite of his previous work because of course he was involved in the earlier sequels as well well sounds like very intriguing movie enough to convince me to go and watch it but uh, is there anything that you didn't like about it it's very hard to say that i didn't like anything about it i thought sometimes the some of the humor got a bit goofier uh there's a scene where of course i mean babysitters are always the victims in these things and uh one of the kids that a babysitter is looking after is quite sassy, but it seems slightly out of place. But even then, it's not something that made me think, oh, this is terrible. This should not be in the film. Mm. It's just a bit unusual to have. I think on reflection, fine, let's go with it. Otherwise, I mean, it's fantastic. Jamie Lee Curtis is so good in this. You really feel for her plight because like all the great horror films. So she plays Laurie Strode. Laurie Strode, you know, reprising her role. I mean, but she is fantastic. You really feel for her. Now, what great horror films also do is that they comment on the times. So apart from having a couple of podcasters trying to create their new serial, <laughs> or, you know, the serial, as it were, they're basically grief exploiters. And you, you're following them for some of the film as they initially go to the institute that Michael Myers is at and they hold out the mask and they want, they demand answers from him. But of course he doesn't. He doesn't talk. You don't actually see what Michael Myers' real face is like now. Mm-hmm. He's just, well, he's famously known as the shape in the franchise. But he is just a shape. He is silent. He doesn't talk. But he holds an almost supernatural kind of strength. You know, like when you see these nature documentaries about big cats yeah. and they just kind of pull an antelope into a tree. that <laughs> He has yeah. that kind of primal strength. He's never exerted. He never has to move fast. But Disturbingly he's just, strong, right? Yeah, yeah. He's just such an imposing presence that you can imagine that he can just hold people up by one hand. Mm. For the rest of the cast, 
they're fine. They're great. But you, you know, they, they service it well, including the younger cast who, of course, have to become more of the victims in these things. Uh, but it's it really is Curtis's film. She is fantastic in it. You really feel for her, especially when her family are just kind of so blasé about the fact that she yeah. was almost murdered. And again, it's that commentary of, you know, uh, grief porn, or indeed, you know, people are more happy to celebrate the the sad event rather than look after the victims. Right. So, so she victims pulls shouldn't the go on to to on a, Oh, so she pulls the audience in. Oh yeah, you, you you you're gunning for her. You want okay. her to succeed. Essentially, she wants Michael Myers to come back mm. because she wants to finish the job. Mm. He has ruined her life. You know, you see a small montage of how she was training her daughter to fight oh. attackers. You know, how to shoot, how to you know stab people or whatever. Um, so you know, there's there's that kind of paranoia to her. But at the same time, you just think, why why are the family so ridiculously dismissive of her mm. it's like yeah we know you almost got murdered all your friends got killed will you stop going on about it and yet you know of course Michael Myers does escape I don't think that's a great spoiler mm-hmm. and then it becomes a great showdown okay and it's done very well in the US well yeah it's been a big hit and it's second only to Venom in terms of October records uh, I'd rather Halloween breaks the record rather than Venom this is a much better film, a much classier film, a, a much better made film. Definitely go see it. Uh, as for the record, I mean, I hear that Jamie Lee Curtis is willing to appear in Halloween 2. Okay. If David Gordon Green directs, I think that would be a very good decision. At the same time, it's such a cap to the series. I, I don't know if I want another sequel to it. It seems to over hmm. it. I don't know how they'd be able to play with it. Go see it. It's a wonderful film. Yeah. I hope... A lot more horror films. And anyone who's hoping to reinvigorate dead franchises yes. or tired franchises takes notice yeah. because this is a smart way of doing it. it. Is at once a tribute to the past whilst not slavishly building on the tropes. And it works so well. Well, that's a positive review for Halloween just in time for the day itself. Well, what if I'm not in the mood for a slasher film? Anything else that I should check out, JB? Okay, it's not a slasher film, but it's still in the gory side of things, or certainly the the scarier side of things. Do check out local film Zombie Pura. Yeah, it's directed by a young filmmaker, Jason Tan. It's his debut feature. It's, it's taken about seven years to put together, uh, but the good thing is that his cast or his main cast have certainly stuck with him through from the very start. Full disclosure: I worked with Jason. Uh, I even helped him create the very first posters seven years ago mm. when uh, Alaric Tay and Benjamin Hank were involved and they've stuck with him throughout the entire project, which is fantastic. Mm. You also have uh, Joey Pink Lai, who is a former TMP New Face girl and she's part of the more recent additions to it. And frankly, if I didn't feel it was worth seeing, I wouldn't say anything. I do think it's worth seeing. It's great to see a really well-made Local film that does not hinge on social issues or sadness. It's fun. Uh, it's not a terribly gory zombie film. It's certainly, it's almost family friendly in some ways because it, it, the gore is not terrible in it. Okay. But I really enjoyed it all the way throughout. It's a really fun film. Uh, yeah, go support local. Sounds like great fun, actually. So that's two great movies to check out during this period. Uh, till the next episode of Double Feature. Goodbye. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. 
do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.